Hey, time for you to reach your full potential. Getting into health and fitness, this is what you're missing. Going harder, ain't nothing gonna stop you. Go on a journey with genetics coach Laura Rogers. Yeah, here to take you to the next level. Been in the health and fitness industry since 07. Working with so many athletes. Push it to the limit with world champions, yeah, and some Paralympians. Hey, working from Brisbane to Singapore. We train, we going hard. All out, we keep it raw. Laura Rogers, let's go. In this week's episode of Real Talk, I have the great pleasure and privilege of speaking with Chris DeCronis, who is the head of performance from Woodford Sports Science and Consulting. I have had Christian, Coach Christian Woodford himself on this podcast quite some time back, and he did not hold back. So it's no wonder this ended up being a two-part series. We dive deep on what we need to focus on when it comes to youth athletic uh, development and performance. You see, I train a number of amazing, high-performing boss babe women who are in the top of their game physically and mentally spiritually emotionally socially culturally you name it and they are raising their children to do just the same so with that in mind I wanted to cover what is it that we should focus on when it comes to raising athletic and physically adaptive agile uh, and high-performing children who will soon become adults I really, really love this conversation, something that obviously Coach Chris is very, very passionate about. And the answers to my questions, which were not just my questions, by the way, I received some awesome questions from the women I train. Uh, The answers may just surprise you. Some of the advice he has is interestingly simplistic, but often overlooked, which I feel is the case in health and fitness for most of us. Most of us overlook repeating simple actionable steps and it's the same for youth athletic development and performance too. So please enjoy and be sure to connect with him using the links provided. Also connect with Woodford uh, Sports Science and Consulting too and uh, enjoy. When we think about sport and the weights room, do you have a suggestion on frequency because when I when my superstars come to me and they ask for you know what is the optimal frequency of training my go-to answer is three times a week if you can do more awesome if you can do more outside of our one-to-one sessions um, a week great I can give you feedback and input on that but really it's that frequency which is going to help us improve because then we're not revising technique as much those neurological connections are mapped much faster we can then focus on increasing the weights and or increasing the reps, which, you know, for a lot of the women I train is their goal. But when it comes to children, um, what is your suggested frequency there? And I know each sport is different too, right? So that has to be factored in. Yeah. Well, I mean, first, before I even go into it, I couldn't agree more with you talking about that neurological connection, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing, the first thing we need to think about, right, is you only have a certain amount of things you can kind of learn or take away from a session like when you go into like a class right and you're studying say you're at uni or something you're studying you can actually only absorb so much mm. it's the exact same with training you mm. can only absorb so much from training you can't you, like just doing more and more in one fucking session a week and you know bowling as hard as you can like you can only take away so much you can only adapt so much like mm. you can't it's actually, it's not, like depending on the athlete their level their 
um, how how highly trained they are, that's going to dictate that, right? But generally, as a junior, they can they can only adapt so much. Mm. So really, frequency is king. Mm. Like doing three times a week. Like generally, most of my athletes will do three times a week. I think it's an effective amount that allows them to kind of get that consistency and ensure they're hitting all the all the different movement patterns. I want them to hit different planes of motion, but it also doesn't kind of start taking up their whole kind of life. Mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and where they have sport they have other commitments but i think as a junior it's really important to build your foundation and like i said i do believe snc is one of the most crucial factors for a junior to play sport to enjoy life to reduce their risk of injury mm-hmm. so i think early on breeze great like any more okay like we can look at different scenarios when you get older when you have the time in the off season but rarely with an athlete do i get that like rarely will i get to see them four times a week maybe, you know, five times a week. I might get to see them three to four, right? Four being a higher standard, two to three, right? Anything under two, we're starting to look at people trying too hard to fit in everything in one session right. and realizing that you can't adapt as much. Mm. Again, though, there's so many different circumstances and this is where as coaches, you have to be effective on it. Three times a week has a nice synergy. If it's once a week, you're trying to cram too much into the one session, Four times a week is maybe then you're kind of not balancing other commitments such as academics and such as the sport or sports that you are, you know, uh, dedicating time to. So your typical suggestion is three times a week is kind of ideal for strength and conditioning. Absolutely. I think it has a really good mix. We've made a really good system. The mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it allows athletes to separate their days, mm-hmm. have recovery days or focus on other things. I think... Like, you know, sometimes with your swimmers, like I've worked with some swimmers, they're so busy, their mm-hmm. timing, the level of training is so high that mm-hmm. sometimes we can only get two and we have to really focus on the quality. We're still here. We're okay. We're alive. We're alive. We're here. Swimmers, yes. Guilty too. Because I know I was swimming nine times a week when I was swimming. And yeah, good. two gym sessions and a run, buck running. No, thank you. Swimmers don't run. I don't know if you've noticed, but swimmers don't run. Like we are not designed to to move forwards on our feet on land. There's just something about it. It's just it doesn't. No. There's no black line to look at. We we don't know what to do. It's, it's confusing. But yeah, swimmers for sure. Uh, the standard in Australia is so high. I think it's probably still the norm that you would train nine times a week for swimming itself, and then two or three gym sessions, um, and then maybe combined with a run not sure how they're doing things these days i'm a little bit out of touch with the sport but yeah for sure um i think too it's it's the exposure to the different activities and and movements which help you then understand your sport on a deeper level because of those neurological connections and i find that helps my clients understand movements when they have the right amount of variety do you know so i think too much variety means as an adult you're not making progress Probably if we look at too much variation, then how do you progressively overload? But then, of course, if you don't have enough exposure to different squat patterns, different um, overhead patterns and what have you, different hinge patterns, then it's a little bit tricky to learn the movement, in fact, because being able to squat in different ways and hinge in different ways kind of accelerates the rate at which the brain kind of joins the dots and makes sense of, oh, Oh, this movement's like this movement. It's just like upside down in a different angle. And you're like, yeah, it's like a leg press. Absolutely. It's like a reverse squat. And you're like, oh, got it. The brain is like, okay, put two and two together now. So, and then of course that neuroplasticity is so much greater 
as a child because I mean your rate of learning is just so much faster you're so much more of a sponge that it's so much easier to take it all in and why not capitalize on that age range and age bracket um you know because that that diminishes we know the rate of learning and ability to retain information and learn new things really starts to drop off um as we get older and i think we do most of our learning between the age of zero and four so even at four we know that there you go you know like okay the brain is like i'm good now i got i got a lot of info to make sense of here i go into the big wide world um yeah so that's 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 um something that a lot of people don't get i think i think it's so important that like like you said we're so young Mm -hmm. we we start to already figure things out we're a sponge young whereas like i said you're trying to learn things later you can do that and you can do really well at that so it's not saying it's the end of the world for people that are in that position but it's a lot harder you have to be a lot more refined with certain things whereas when you're younger you're a sponge you absorb it all there's so much more because you're creating that neuroplasticity from a fresh position. Mm. Two, you have fewer limiting beliefs about yourself as a child. You know, like 100%. how many adults are full of doubt, have confidence issues, low self-esteem, don't go for the promotion, don't negotiate their starting salary, you know, don't stand their ground in a meeting, don't speak up, you know, think that they're, they need another degree to be intelligent enough to be paid X, Y, and Z. Uh, so many more limiting beliefs when you're a child you just try shit and then you figure it out you know like there's so many fewer barriers to trying things because you just need it as like a fun experience how many times have you like tumbled into a pool like just jumped off the edge and just done a somersault as a child no like, like as an yeah. adult you would pull your back you would tweak your ankle you would sprain your wrist all in the same flip you know you just you have so much more fear and so much more mental resistance to movement uh, and, and life in general, I think. So I think another benefit to starting young is, well, instead of becoming an adult who has little to no strength and not even just little to no strength, you might even be strong, but have such a limiting belief about your own ability to move and your, your doubt, doubtful of your own strength. Like how many women do I train? And I have to reiterate, I'm like, you are strong, you are robust. Yes, you can lift that. No, you're not gonna die. Because, like, if you die, I'm in so much trouble, I can't even tell you. I also live in another country. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not going to be good. Hope's deported in two seconds. So, I mean, there's a number of reasons why it's not going to happen. But um, when you're younger, you're so much more inclined to try things, especially if you have that positive relationship of it being fun. And I think it's such a powerful thing moving into adulthood. I mean, how much more inclined are you then to go on a trip overseas and try things there, like go rock climbing, go rollerblading, go bungee jumping, go skydiving, 100%. whitewater rafting, go because you believe that you don't necessarily have the skill to do that, but you believe that you have enough capacity to figure it out, right? So 100%. You don't go, oh my God, that's going to require strength and I don't have strength. You're like, that's going to require strength. I know I have strength. I don't know how to do it yet, but I have strength and I'll figure it out. It's a very different narrative. Absolutely. And I think when you're young, that's why I said it's so important to try different sports when you, especially when you're quite younger, try different things, do different things. When you're in the weight room, have so much different variety at that age, because you'd rather start broad and go in than go in and then start coming out. Because when you come out and decide you want to choose all these different things, it becomes a lot harder to be decisive on things because like, we're well, scared, you're doubting your body because you've never done it. 
Mm. You know, and if you're in your inner child yourself inside that hasn't done it younger, they're going to struggle to want to do it when they're older. Completely, completely. Like you're not going to go on the roller coaster. You're going to be the person who stands by and holds all the bags for people. You're going to be the one who's like, I'll just watch from afar. You send me the video of you doing the thing. I'm going to like play it safe. I'm going to play, you know, and, and then you're just not experiencing as much of life as what you could. And fair enough, some people are more adventurous than others. But do you want to feel withheld in life and restricted in life because of your body? Because you didn't believe your body could do something. Like, heck no. That's my answer. Like, heck no. I want to know that I can try anything and be okay and not feel. I have to filter my thoughts with, will my body let me do that? Will my body break? Am I going to hurt myself? Am I going to die? Have I written a will? I haven't. So that's an issue. Um, do you know, I don't want that to be my thought process. I want me to be like, hell yeah. And then try and be like, oh my gosh. Okay. Let's see how this goes. Laura, we, we change a lot. That's what we do. Both you and I, we, we change a lot, right? We, it's like mentally, physically, you believe you can do so much more. You're not going to miss out on opportunities. Like I can't express that. It's like sport is very important. I think plays a crucial role. That's why I love athletes. Right? I love working with them. But I think our job is just as important for changing a, a, a child's life for good, for their whole life moving forward. Mm. Completely, 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 completely. And it's, it's imperative in building grit as well, which, you know, an adult who has no grit is unlikely to raise a child who has grit. How do you build grit? By overcoming adversity, by persevering, and persevering in something that you're passionate about. That's what grit is. Exposure. Exactly. It's passion and perseverance. So you have to persevere when things are tough. It's not, oh, I won gold, so now I hang up my boots and I'm done. It's, oh my God, I got knocked down and I got back up because I love the sport and I want to succeed in this sport and I understand that part of succeeding is failing. How many adults do we have who don't try things because they're too afraid of failure? So they All the time. Try it and they live a miserable, average, sub-average, sub-par life. And that's what we perpetuate. And so they have, you know, parents, they are raised by parents who have no self-belief, they have no passion, they have no perseverance, and they wonder why their children are lazy. I'm like, hello, like, um, you're not teaching yeah. them grit. You're not teaching them perseverance. You're not teaching them self-belief. You're not teaching them confidence. Now, fine, if you don't have that, it's a challenging thing to teach something that you don't have. But this is where skills in sport come into it, right? This is all the non-physical stuff that you learn in sport. This is all the non-physical stuff you learn in activities such as strength and conditioning, you know, group classes, environments. This is, this is what you don't get um, taught in schools. This is what sport teaches you. This is what physical movement teaches you. It's, you know, to get X, Y, and Z outcome, you have to put in A, B, and C. So we, we can't complain about this generation, that generation being this, being that, and everything else when the generation raising them is not teaching that why is the generation not teaching that because we are so okay with living you know working 40 hours a week until we're burnt out you know being in a relationship we're not passionate about um working our ass off for 40 years and then maybe enjoying life um no when you allow people to connect with their passion and pursue that wholeheartedly when you support them in doing that and teach them that you can have this outcome but you're going to have to overcome things along the way then suddenly we have far more resilient people who are connected with their passion, who are bringing so much more to the world, also a better quality of themselves, a better version of themselves to the world, because they're, they're doing what they love. And uh, I just find it so interesting to think about the children of some of the people I train 
And some of the comments of my child is this and my child is that. I'm like, yeah, where do you think they learned it from? <laughs> I can't say that out loud. Exactly. But no, what no, what is the example? That's all I'm saying. What is the example? And so we need to be the example as adults in having children, you know, be able to overcome adversity, you know, uh, build grit. And a great way to do that, I think, is is through sport, passion and perseverance. I, absolutely. Like you can become a mentally strong person in your career, even if it has nothing to do with sport. If you go down this route, because understanding your body, understanding your health, understanding sport gives like, like you said, it's amazing. It gives us so many more things than we realize, like the mental strength, the grit to go do, overcome any adversity we come, we come across, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's in the parents' hands. It's in uh, the generation that's growing to have kids now. It's in our hands to go do that. And I think people need to listen to this and realize that it makes a big difference. Like, People are so reactive that they get to the point of like, like we said, like where they're scared to go try things. They're, you know, they're 25. They've never really done anything. They've maybe like done a bit of exercise, went to the gym, have a gym membership, $15 a week, but they don't fucking use it. Mm-hmm. Like all these things, everything in life, probably scared to ask for promotion, still sitting at that basic, uh, you know, minimum wage, like doing mm-hmm. those things. Whereas you, know, you believe in yourself, you have the courage, you understand your emotions, understand your body, understand everything. You know, you've been through adversity before. You overcome it, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want. Completely. I, I think too, it also teaches discipline because um, discipline and responsibility. Because again, if you have goals for your specific sport, you understand, well, there's going to have to be priorities there. You're going to have to make sacrifices. So are you going to be able to spend Friday nights at parties with your friends if you have a swimming competition the next day? Well, not if you want to do a personal best in those races. Probably not, right? You can't be staying up late. You can't be sacrificing sleep. You are going to have to get up early and have you know the right nutrition before your race you're going to have to pack all your stuff you're literally gonna have to get your shit together and when you're a swimmer oh my god there's so much shit there are so many towels there's so many pairs of swimmers so many things oh so many caps so many goggles so many snacks the snacks that's just a separate bag in and of itself um yeah so it teaches you responsibility it teaches you discipline it teaches you um how to prioritize and again how many adults do we see with these skills how many adults do we see prioritize their health and fitness and nutrition how many adults do we see be disciplined and go to bed at 9, 10 p.m. on a Friday and a Saturday and Sunday? How many do we see yeah. late and then give themselves social jet lag and then wonder why they're so tired for the next three days, wonder why they can't sleep too well, wonder why they're eating shit food at like 10 p.m., why their body composition is not changing. Um, hello, like, look at what you're doing. So there, again, the non-physical benefits from sport that we're just not talking about. That's what swimming taught me. I I, I didn't go out to parties and I didn't drink. Why? Because I wanted to do well in my races. That was my priority. I had that schedule. I had that focus. And I knew that it meant I had no friends. I spent lunchtimes in the library doing my schoolwork. So when I could train from 4 till 6 p.m., go home, shower, go to bed, go up at 4.45 the next day to swim, right? Like, yeah. You, yeah, and you know what it's like? You can't have it all. You then you know like, what's amazing. This is what I have to give up to have this. Absolutely. It teaches you delayed gratification. And I think that is the one of the biggest qualities that so many people have lost. Completely. Delayed gratification. Like understanding that you need to wake up at four forty five, you need to fucking go to bed. You need to get your homework done in lunchtime. You need to get Laura. You need to get your homework done lunchtime mm-hmm. because you need to go to a training. You need to you need to be focused. You need to work hard. You need to not go easy today. You need to go out there. You need to get home. You need to eat dinner. 
go to bed mm-hmm. because you know that you do it now, later on, you're going to thank yourself for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No one has that. Yeah. No, like it's just, there, there are so many, there's so many kinds of Completely. I mean, I, I would spend over 8,500 hours a year training when I was swimming. And all of that, all that time, sometimes, wow. sometimes to go like two seconds faster on a race. That's it. That's it. All that hard work for two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's, that's what it would be. I put in 8,500 minimum. That's just training. That's not competition. That's not time spent preparing my bag for the next morning. That's not time spent, you know, uh, preparing my lunch. That's not time spent getting Exactly. No, that is just literally in the water. That's not the time spent stretching before training. That's literally just training itself over the course of a year. 8,500 hours. Sometimes just to go two seconds faster. Why? Because I'm a maniac. And, and, I but you, love it. No, but I love that because now in any aspect of your life, you know, when you got to Singapore, anything you've done, any hard challenge that you've been through, well, you've, you've overcome adversity. You understand that I need to work hard now to get gratific- delayed gratification. I'm not going to sit here and whine and complain and be like, why didn't my two seconds go? Why wasn't I two seconds faster? When it's mm. like, you put in the work, you know, you put in the effort now that later on you can get the results. And that sticks by you with anything of life, anything. It doesn't matter sport, training, work, you know, relationships. It doesn't matter. Delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. The number one quality that's been lost in so many people. Completely. I should correct myself. It's closer to a thousand dollars. My math is a little off. But no, so in a, in a year, I, I would spend about a thousand hours of training, a thousand hours just in the water pursuing, right? But yeah, that's amazing. as you say, that that was completely irrelevant because what I wanted was the outcome. I wanted the outcome of going faster. So I knew what I had to do. I knew I had to train nine times a week and do two gym sessions a week. And I had to, well, apparently I had to go for this stupid effing run each week, which I hated. And I had to be organized. I had to prioritize getting lunch ready the night before in my uniform and my other uniform and my other uniform. And I had to do schoolwork during morning tea and during lunch. Like I didn't have that 30 minutes of just sitting and breathing and speaking to friends. No, I was in the library getting my homework done and getting my assignments done. And same with my lunch break. So yeah, you're, you're completely right. It, it teaches you, you're going to put in a lot now and you, you're not going to get results straight away. And that's okay. Like, but if you keep going, you will get there. If you persevere, it will happen. And so, Absolutely. like, that's something that has really been lost people want to lose 10 kilos right now in this moment they ate one salad they went for one gym session i'm like yeah okay i mean i've been training for 12 years okay so like let's just let that sit in for a second and understand it takes a lot longer than you realize people have no patience judge themselves based on one effort or one week of effort or one month of effort and they're like why why do i look the same I'm like because this is not in your lifestyle yet this is a week of effort it's a month of effort that's great but how long have you been alive for so you've put like 0.0000001 percent of your life into this yeah okay that's why your results reflect that uh, and that's really what what sports I understand. There's, there's no room for dispute on the playing field like if your team lost it's because you weren't as good as the other team. Like, simple. You can't really argue that. Like, if you got beaten by three goals to one, or if the gymnast next to you beat you by half yeah. a point, it's because they were better, okay? Now, they might be genetically gifted, 
they might be stronger, but chances are they're trying. Like, oh my god! What happened? Is I hope that was still recording. Is all I can say. I don't know. I think it's my Wi-Fi. I think it cut out. No, I was like, I was like, what happened? I was like, I was like, I was loving it. You were just going at it, and I was just loving. It. I was like, internet technology. Okay, I think we're good. I hope that's still recording. No, check, but I think it did. I think it was recorded. I think it always saved after. It's gonna be fine. I'm gonna check, but I'm like sweating slightly. Not gonna lie. <laughs> No, that was that was also awesome. oh, this is the great. I'm like yes, yes, yes. And then it just left. I'm like, wait, where are you going? Uh, where what happened? I'm like, she just leave man. Like that's it. Vanished into the atmosphere. Yeah, um, podcast done. Podcast boom, mic drop. Yeah, um, done. That's it. Yeah, she left. Um, yeah. So so many benefits to do exercise and movement that we recording. Don't get yes, well, yes. We're, we're on. We're recording. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's what people often overlook. It's like, yes, I, I love that my child is a, a gymnast or a swimmer and they're passionate about this. And I'm like, yeah, the movement is great and it's awesome to have a physical activity. And as a result, yes, there will come a point where we'll have to understand priorities and where they want to put all their time and attention and energy and efforts. And they're going to have to like streamline their approach and zone in a little bit more and focus a little bit more. And that they're just such great skills to build, especially going into adulthood. You know, I'm so grateful that I got to build a lot of those skills before my friends did. I, I saw that within myself. I was like, yo, I got focus. I got direction. I know where I'm going with life. I know what I want out of life. And my friends had no clue. And it, it just gave me a sense of um, certainty moving into adulthood you just have this sense of belief in yourself and drive and direction and you know that if you put effort into this direction that you know more or less what the outcome is going to be it gives you a real sense of responsibility which you know is a great way to teach responsibility because again the the goal post um sorry i should say the score the score doesn't lie right like if you were the slowest swimmer you know you can't dispute that people are better than you i think i think the fact of like when you're playing sport when you're training at that level at, at, as a youth you like as we said you have delayed gratification like you have to work hard you have to push mm. it, it also shows you how to grab something and really give it a fucking go like i think with life people you know that you know they're 20 25 whatever they be like they think they try something for one day and like no nah, i don't like it yeah no nah, well to- they, they don't even try it they just fucking decide. They think, what's well, not for me? Well, how the fuck do you know? Like, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, how do you know? I'm not saying you're going to go try everything in the world, but I'm like, go do something mm-hmm. because doing jack shit isn't going to get you anywhere. And I think sport really teaches that because it's like, you know, you're not going to get fucking two seconds quicker unless you put 1,000 hours of fucking work over 12 fucking months. Yeah. 12 months, 1,000 hours of work. Just in the water, just in the water. Mm-hmm. Once one thousand hours work, just in the water, and then you realize like I can get a little bit bit faster. I can get a little bit faster. Not I'm going to be fucking at the Olympics. Like we need to realize, but you, you didn't lose anything. It taught you so much. It taught you so many different qualities. We need to understand that that by doing these things and letting our, the kids be exposed to this mm-hmm. allows them when they're older to realize I need to go give it a fucking crack, and then I will decide. Totally, totally. I think you're so right. And I recall a lot of um, adults mentioning to me, you know, they may have gone to the gym before and tried it before and felt like it wasn't their thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But remember, there's more than one gym out there. There's more than one trainer out there. 
there's more than one approach to training. So I think there's going to be a lot of adults hearing this and thinking, sport doesn't feel like it's my thing or the gym doesn't really feel like it's my environment. I don't really feel like I'm a gym goer. I'm a gym person. I'm like, you know, if if you try more than once, (laughs) that may help. If if you try different in different ways, that may also help. And if you can find something that feels good for you in terms of movement and exercise that you can then share with your child or have your child see you do, if you can share those experiences with your child and children, like my goodness, does that make a world of a difference? Because then they have such a better idea of how to look after themselves when they become adults. It's like, well, if I'm going to move towns to go to university, one of the first things I look for gyms to join that was like the first thing the week I moved to Singapore I think I went to three or four gyms and got a sense of them tried them out was like what makes sense for me logistically what is this gym near what is that gym near and just underpins your routine a lady I was speaking to today she moved to Singapore a month ago from Hong Kong and I was like it's actually so amazing that you only moved here a month ago and you're already looking for a trainer because that can just create such a sense of calm and commitment and structure when you move countries like everything you have to get used to everything everything is different um absolutely and so to have that underpin how you live is so critical and i think again there's just so many non-physical benefits to having a committed sport and you know strength and conditioning routine that we don't talk about you know what it is as well like i could just keep going on for days but like you know what it is as well like i just keep fucking listening like you know what it is like you understand the like the importance of time you you understand how precious time is Mm -hmm. you really do you understand like and it gives our kids and the youth or anyone the understanding of how precious time is that you know you had to study at lunchtime because you knew you had to get sleep because you knew you had to get home and eat you know, rather than getting home and being like, oh, fuck this. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. organized. You understood that time is limited. Right. You got to make the most of it. That, that, um, that female that came to you and she's like, one month in, I want to coach. She understands that I got to get into routine. There's no waiting six months. Time is precious. I got to start now. Yeah. And to also having that that structure and just going through life like mindlessly scrolling this mindlessly scrolling that like i mean the chances of being born a human are 400 trillion to one and yet so many people like who wakes up and thinks about that no one right i mean no one wakes up and thinks about oh my god how good is clean running water i literally wake up and think about that i no joke i i'm like what am i grateful for today sunshine amazing um both of my legs work i mean they're a bit sore but they work you know like how good is that so, so many people are just wasting their lives, completely ungrateful for the fact that they have human problems. You got, you got human problems. You could have had lady beetle problems. You could have had fucking eucalyptus leaf problems. You could have had carpet problems. I don't know. Like the fact that you have human problems is a freaking privilege. The fact that you have a body, which probably works pretty well and it could work even better if you put some time and attention into it and gave it, you know, what it needs. I'm just kind of- like people don't know how good they can feel because they're used to feeling like shit and that's what they think is normal so that's just all that they do right um yeah people just don't know how good they can feel they don't know how good their lives can be they're not taught responsibility from a young age it's just easy to blame other people for their circumstances the government it's this it's that it's everything else 
No, like you have to own the outcome. And that's what sport teaches you. Your team was the worst team on the day. Okay, what does that teach you? Okay, we need to train harder. We need to communicate better as a team. We need to do more mobility work before we train. It it makes you self-analyze, right? It builds self-awareness. It makes you reflect. It makes you go, hmm, why was I so shit today? (laughs) Why were my squats not so great today? Or, hey, we, we won by four goals. Why was that? What were we doing well today? It makes you have an internal dialogue. And that's another benefit. Like, I feel I have a lot of self-awareness and great internal dialogue. I'm always reflecting and refining and reflecting and refining because if you don't have self-awareness, you can't excel in sport because you won't be looking for what you can do better. You won't be looking at what you did well. You won't be analyzing. So, you know, another benefit you have to reflect 100 and like i think everyone wants to grow like like when we look at life it's all about growth and development but i think people lack self-awareness they can't actually do that they you know like if they if you lack self-awareness to really understand okay what do i need to do to work on myself or or whatever it be or you can't really pick points or anything like sport allows you to do that because you have to you understand you start learning how to be very clear with okay this didn't go well you know, don't get too much emotion. This didn't go well. I need to do this. Very simple. Not getting overwhelmed, like, because that's how sport is. You know, you're never perfect, right? And that's so normal. So I think it teaches you that. Don't be perfect. Stop aiming for perfect. Aim for learning how to be better. Yeah. Take everything. Don't get emotional and learn how to be better. And that that's such an amazing trait because I think people in this day and age will go like, why didn't achieve this? I'm like, it wasn't perfect. Like, oh, well, now everything's up. Yeah. Like, hold on a second. Like, imagine being a fucking carpet. You get stomped on all day. Like, I don't want to be exactly. carpet. I don't want to be. I'm looking at carpet now. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't want four tables, uh, three tables and it's a lot of weights. Chairs and three, you know, three cups on me. You know, exactly. Like, I could have carpet, but I'm not a carpet. So we I can I, move. Really right. Like, I don't get so in their way because they overanalyze, they become you know, focused on the fear of failure and then they become overwhelmed and so then they just don't do it, right? Or they try once and then they give up and they get disheartened. I think most people often will go one of those two ways. Like I try once, didn't work out, what was the point? Or they get like analysis paralysis. It seems like too big of a task. When when you're a child, you just try. It's like trying is good and we celebrate that. But as adults, when was the last time you tried something new? When was the last time you had a new thought? When my coach asked me that, it blew my mind. I was like, when was the last time I had a new thought? Oh my God, I don't know. Why is that so hard to answer? Oh my God. Um, well, this is a new thought. So I guess it's now. But prior to that, when did I have a new thought? I don't know. And so we become so rigid, not just in our bodies, but in our minds. And I think when we move our bodies, often, especially in a sport, it encourages us to use our minds differently. Have a new yeah. thought. What's a new tactic? What can I try differently? Okay. How can, exactly, how can I move differently? How can I jump higher? Um, how can I communicate better with my team? You know, it forces you to use your brain differently and to problem solve and to analyze, which I think, again, as adults, we become rigid in our bodies, but also rigid in our minds. And we, we get stuck and we like, okay, my body is fucked. If I move this way, I'm going to hurt myself. If I move that way, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm just not going to move. And then when you do go move, you do hurt yourself because your body's not used to movement. It has no strength. And you have this underlying fear that you are going to break at some point. So you kind of manifest that in a sense. Um, whereas if you are used to moving and you feel strong and confident within your body, it's like, yeah, 
I can pick that up. Doesn't matter how heavy it is, because I'm going to try anyway. And let's see. Absolutely. And if it doesn't move, I'll get someone to help me. But I know I'm not going to hurt. I like I'm going to be okay. So yeah, I totally feel that. Is there anything that people should factor in when it comes to getting their children involved in strength and conditioning? Anything to avoid with children? You said make it fun, lots of variety. If we look at the flip side, is there anything, I guess, maybe not too many sessions? Like, don't make yeah. it too serious. 100%. I think the the perception you give your children about it is very important because you're not, you don't want to treat it like you're forcing them to go there. Mm-hmm. There's a very important fine line between saying you have to go to, but also understanding, ensuring that they enjoy it. Mm. Um, and it can be difficult, but that's why that you need to make it fun. And mm. but you also need to find the person who can do that. So I think don't just pick anyone. Find who you feel is going to connect. Mm. Do you know what I mean sometimes doing a session because these kids are going to want to enjoy it? Because if you just make things up, one's perfect. Like and you want you want to you want them to go there, but the kids don't enjoy it, they don't love it. That's, that becomes a very big issue. Mm. Then they start to resent it. They start to resent it. There's a lot more issues going on. Totally. So I think find someone that you think your kids are going to connect with and then allow them to do that. That's a very important piece of puzzle. Mm. Not doing it too frequently where it's like it becomes rigid. It's like you have to do it, right? I think for them learning that if they don't, they need to feel open that if they don't want to do something one day, like when they go to that class, right, that session, that the coach can vary it up. They need someone who has worked with kids in the past. So I think obviously understand, don't go pick someone that's, never worked with youth before, right? Mm-hmm. You know, pick someone that understands that and analyzes that. I think, like we said, not too many sessions where they feel burnt out by it. They, may, they want to look forward to it. That slight excitement is so crucial because that's what gives them that future reference of for the rest of my life, I'm excited to go train. You mm-hmm. know, they're to hold them back, you know, mm-hmm. so that they, that they want to go and do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think... I think just them learning that all the principles, because they're going to have questions. They're going to learn, right? They're going to go through these things. They're going to say, why aren't I better now? I think understanding that when you go do this, it's not as simple as dropping them off and picking them up. Mm. In my opinion, as parents or even as coaches as well, from both perspectives, I think it's very important that we have conversations about how it went. What did they learn? I think don't expect you go into this and never ask about it. It needs They need to want to talk. About it. You've got to get them to talk about it. Mm. You've got to get them to ask questions. Why am I getting, why aren't I getting better? And then they're going to learn that. Yeah. You've got to be their role model or they're going to learn that from their coach and you've got to hear them talk about it. So I think because they're not going to finish it and just reflect themselves, right? You need to stimulate that. So when you go take them there, when they come back, stimulate it, ask them questions, let them speak about it because that ingrains it in their brain, how much they love it, mm. yeah? the importance of it. And it allows them to learn mm. all the qualities we discussed. Mm. So having that integral role of being like that sounding board as a as a coach and as a parent and letting them express, okay, this was my experience today. This is what we did. This is what I enjoyed. Yeah. You know, I feel this when I do gymnastics, when I do swimming, when I do water polo as a result of the training. You know, I feel like my staff yeah. is getting faster because of all the reaction games that we do in training. I feel that I can jump higher because of all the plyometric work we've done, because of all the ankle mobility stuff that we've done. Um, I feel more confident when I'm landing, when I catch the ball, because I feel like I can catch it and not even have to look at it because my proprioception's got better. And I, I think you're so right. When you are able to hear your own expression of the experience out loud, it reiterates that like positive feedback loop. Why Absolutely. 
why we need to do this, what the benefits of this are. Um, I do similar things with my clients. I'm like, okay, how does it feel? Oh, you feel stronger. Yeah, I feel stronger. You know, my back feels stronger when we do seated rows. I like doing the seated rows and the shoulder dislocations. I feel more mobile, which means that when I go to do this mundane day-to-day task, it feels all the easier. I don't have to think about it so much. I'm not so fearful. I don't have like a straight neck the next day. Um, I think you're right. When you are able to voice it out and have the opportunity to express the benefits of it, it kind of feeds back into itself. And if you combine that with having an element of fun in the sport and in the strength and conditioning, like you just have no reason to stop, right? Like why would you want to? Exactly, exactly. It's similar with, you know, quote unquote dieting too. Uh, if you enjoy what you're eating and it's nourishing you and leaves you feeling energized and not deprived, it's easy to keep going with the diet versus removing all the foods you enjoy, being miserable and wondering why you can't continue. It's simple, right? It's very, it's, it's simple. And it's, it's so important to kind of create that consistency. Like, so that it's not this one-off thing or it it happens every so often. They got to, one, you got to reinforce it in them so that they know that this is something they continue to go back to. Mm. Um, and you got to show them that. you got to show them. Like, I think it's a poor role model if we take them there. And it's like, you did one session, you did a couple, and that's good. Like, I think that reiterates the, the importance of that. Like, it reiterates by taking them and consistently going, the importance mm. of delayed gratification, that you have to go mm-hmm. and you have to continue to keep going to mm. be better. But doing more isn't better. Like, all the things that we, I do, so I get athletes from young and I get them from maybe like 16, 17. And all the 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 myth, should I say, that these 16, 17-year-olds deal with mm. is because they never learned it when they were young. Right. They didn't realize more isn't better. They didn't realize the way gratification is crucial. Mm. I mean, but whereas if they were younger, they were like, oh, no, I want to stay longer, I want to stay longer. Then you can tell them. They can, they can learn. It's all about learning. So yeah. you, you're moving, you understand your body, you're getting all the physical benefits, but then they're coming home and they learn. Mm. And it means that there's so much less risk of injury, not just because they understand how to move, but because when they're 16 and they have potential to make it professional, whatever it be, they're not going to overdo it because they learn young that more isn't better. That understanding it's all about waking up and do what you need to do that day and going back to bed, repeating cycle will allow you to get you where you want to be. Mm. It's more the consistency and exposure than it is trying to get, you know, to that first professional contract as quickly as you can. Yes. Right. And two, then reduce risk of burnout, reduce risk of injury. Then there's an element of enjoyment. And okay, like if you don't enjoy it, then why are you doing it? Because hundred percent. What are you bringing to the world if you're doing things you don't enjoy? Whether it's the way that you eat, whether it's your corporate work, whether it's a sport. If if you don't enjoy it, it's why it's so easy for me to train. You know, I, I train pretty frequently. Also, I I train as frequently as I do. Also for mental health reasons, I train five or six I lift weights five or six days a week I know I don't have to I know I know for with more rest is probably going to be better I feel better within myself for lifting weights five or six times a week right but but I do it because I love it absolutely I when I get there and it might be the sixth session of the week and I'm like I'm gonna feel so good finishing this and I do it might be like I just knew I just knew right and so for 12 years straight now I've been training and I, it doesn't even occur to me. It's not even a thought. It's like, okay, I've got a gap in my day at this hour. I'm training then. I've got a gap in my day at that hour. I'm training then. And just celebrate whatever I can do. It's not about beating every single rep range or the weight on every single exercise I do. Sometimes literally it's like I lifted weights for an hour and 
I made up a few things. I kind of went with the flow a little bit. Some days it's a bit of a freestyle. And you just auto regulate. Yep, exactly. I'm like, I'm feeling not so strong today, but I will definitely feel better for working out. So I I really echo the benefits of of moving and just teaching it as a routine. And I know that I want the benefits of having done that workout. Again, delayed gratification. I want what is on the other side of that session. That's what I want. Do I always want to go through it A to Z? Do I want the muscle aches? Do I want the the like clenched teeth? Do I want the grunting? Not always, no. I'm not always excited to train, no. We can be very real. (laughs) I want the benefit though. And that's what makes it easy. I want the benefit. I want to be an 80-year-old, like, kick-ass grandmother who don't give me oh, yeah. no one. I want to be able to unscrew jars of peanut butter all by myself, <laughs> up and down the stairs without holding the handrail. Uh, I, I want to be so unstoppable in as many ways as possible. And being strong and mobile is so critical to that. So, yeah, it's the outcome that I want. And then all the emotion of I'm tired and I'm hungry and I have this to do and I have that to do, it's completely irrelevant. I know I'll get it. Absolutely. I think that's what we are so like disconnected from. We want everything now as of yesterday. It doesn't work. Yeah, like. no. And I think I think if it's so important that when you take when, you know, these parents take their kids to see, you know, a coach in the weight room, that if they don't if the kid doesn't like it there, don't give up. Mm. Like find someone else. Mm. Or understand why not. Mm. Because then you're teaching them to just give up on shit. Why didn't I give up? Totally. I so agree. And it's interesting, the children who I've trained, seeing how inclined they are to persevere when it's tough, when their muscles are aching, when they're feeling fatigued, is more or less identical to that of their parents. So if I see see their parents, you know, let go of the weight, put it on the ground, shake their hands out, pick it back up, when they could have just like, you know, (laughs) rolled their shoulders and then continued. Yeah. They don't realize your children are seeing everything. If Absolutely. you put your weights down when it's tough, your ch- will children, child, children will do the exact same thing. They will mirror you. So how much perseverance do you have will be mirrored in your children. You want your children to not give up, but you give up the moment it gets tough. I'm sorry, you can't. What do you think it's going to happen? Exactly. What do you think? Yeah. So, you know, I'm just so lucky. I always saw my parents go to the gym. There was never an excuse. Never. There was never an excuse. My parents never got home and whinged and moaned and whined. And they just got home, got changed, got to the gym, got it done, came home, hot mess, ate, <laughs> you know, they made a way. The usual. The, the usual. No, and what a privilege to be able to move your body too. Like, why would you complain about having the privilege of moving it? Why would you have the privilege about choosing how you nourish it? Like, that's such a, like, I don't know, I can't comprehend. Some people are being fed by the United Nations and you want to complain that there's no organic broccoli. Like, fuck you. 100%. And, like, people sit there thinking, like, they sit on the fucking couch watching TV and like coming home from work and have back pain and then think, well, this, this is my life. Well, why can't you go to the gym? Oh, because it's hard. Like, no, but like, why actually can't you? Like there's, there's, there's actually no fucking reason. Yeah. No, like you're just making an excuse. Like you choose where you want to be. You choose how you want to feel. You choose the the future. Yeah. And and if, if, you have back pain and if you know that stretching it is probably going to benefit it maybe instead of sitting on the sofa and complaining about it and doing nothing about it maybe like stretch as you watch tv 100 and it amazes me because people get so rised up with investing in a coach a lot of people when they spend money on the most stupidest shit 
Mm-hmm. That it's like you need to evaluate. Like, okay, you want all these things, but you're not willing to invest in sacrifice. So it's not just about sacrificing time. You need to sacrifice money, but the rate you reap the rewards so so far greater than what you have to invest in. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that, and that's where I think sport also teaches you that because you know you've seen benefits from many different aspects. So it's like, well, I'm going to invest in a coach. I know exactly how it's going to help me. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I have to. There is no if, but, or maybe. It's like, it's it's a must because you have to invest in it rather than spending shit on the food that, you, you know, that's that's keeping you down, that's making you feel depressed. You know, all these things that you buy that it's like, well, did you really need that? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying don't go, you know, enjoy that life. But I think it's part of it is understanding with your money, you're not spending, you're not paying for a coach, you're investing. Yes, you get a return on it. It's a return on investment. Yeah. That's what it is. I think people forget about that. You know, you you pay for this fucking highlighted, okay, whatever, like this piece of quotes, like that's quotes, right? You've bought it, you have it. When you pay for a quote, you're investing in a, something that you want to change, something that you don't have, mm. right, in life. Mm. And it's so far greater than people realize that small transaction is. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like, can you put a price on your life? Like, what price would you pay to live another year? Or at least to get another high quality yeah 12 months 12 fucking months a long time high quality high what price would you pay a lot of people would be like oh it's priceless okay so then you're so okay to spend five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars on a designer pair of shoes a designer bag like handbag but you don't want to put 5k or 10k into working with a personal trainer or gym membership um like please explain your child sees that your child sees that too. Your child sees that you have a designer handbag and you have no help. Your child sees that you spend money going to the physio and unfucking your body and trying to fix your body, but you've got like Tiffany and Co earrings and necklace. So like, is is it that important if if you can't actually enjoy it? If, if, if you're not going to be around for very long to enjoy it, if no, you bought. If you're going like, to be a burden to them and they're going to have to take you to the hospital for medical appointments that you could have prevented had you invested that into your health. People don't, like, for me, you always get a return on investing in your health and your education, right? Those two things yes. are always, always, always worth the investment, right? But you're right. People would rather go out, spend a bucket of money on, I'm speaking more specifically to Singapore, wine, alcohol, because the markup on alcohol in Singapore is ridiculous. It's like 300%. Is it? It's ridiculous. Is it? Yeah. So you want to go to all the fancy restaurants and, you know, rooftop bars and have this cocktail and be seen with this person and what have you and treat your body like absolute trash can. Um, Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like I, people are spending all this money. like, and, and then, look, they buy this bag, but then they can't even get off the fucking couch to wear it. Like, <laughs> you, it's like, but you still feel like shit. Yeah. So it's like, great, you have a bag, but you feel like shit. <laughs> awesome. You still feel like you're still in the exact same place, but you're 5K down, right? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and children see that too. Children see Absolutely. that too. What's they it all pick it up. Vegetables, like high nutrition foods. Um, do they see you put on active wear and go to the gym or go for a walk and a bike ride? And, you know, lay out your active wear for the day ahead or do they see shiny new Hermes boxes, your boxes, Tiffany & Co. this, um, Goya that, like, hello. 
they it's it's not a status health should not be like a status symbol um we're very lucky in the west that we have the privilege of being able to afford the luxury of health you know um so then like actually do that actually make it a priority it's it's not just something to to flaunt oh look i'm in active wear and i went for a cycle class once so i could have my 600 calorie green smoothie like that's not health It's not health, okay? It's you trying to seek status through the the vehicle of health. It's, I see straight through it. It's bullshit, right? Like, actually go and work on your health and keep applying yourself and be that role model and be that example and put yourself first and say no. Like, get good at saying no to other people. Get really good at saying yes to you. And especially as a female, if you teach that, if that is entrenched from a young age, then it is so much easier to as a as a young woman put yourself first and understand the benefits of doing that like my mom was such an example my mom never apologized for going to the gym she never skipped it she never complained um she she didn't even think twice about it it just got done because she did not want to be a burden to myself and my brother didn't want us to care for her um and you know luckily i've never had to take her to hospital and and play that role model um you know that is a gift you know self-care self-love is not just putting a bath bomb in a bath it is also um putting yourself first and reaping the highest reward of health so that you can be the best version of you to those around you you are no good to the person next to you if you're you know constantly feeling disabled and impaired and malnourished and there are so many people over consuming calories who are still malnourished you know, in the West. It's just insane. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, your kids will pick up on everything, right? They'll see it all. You wonder why they're not going to respect you for some things or they're not going to do some things you want. Whereas if you throw them, you know, your attitude, your beliefs, and you do those things, you know, you go to the gym, you, you don't miss it, you do this, they'll respect that. Mm. I mean, there's so much more to getting people to do what you want when you show them who you are, mm. you know, in a true sense of, you know, growing and developing rather than just being, you know, authoritative and just yelling at someone. Yeah. That makes sense. Just telling them to stop playing Game Boy, stop playing, you know, PlayStation. But you're on the couch. Oh, my God. Okay, well, then you also go outside and you also play football with them and you also throw a ball with them. And Tell you me. Also show them how you're being active. And you also bake some healthy brownies, healthy muffins, I don't know, like make some homemade hamburgers with them. Like B, there's a reason why they're doing that. It's because you've allowed them to. Exactly. And you've allowed that to be perpetuated. So you break that cycle. My God, the number of parents who are like, my child is always on the PlayStation. Well, who gave them the fucking PlayStation? Who bought it yeah. for them? And who lets them be on it for so long? Oh, they get upset. Well, no shit, they get upset. They're a child. They're going to get yeah. upset. But you know what's funny? Again, that destroys delayed gratification. No, I want to send the PlayStation. Okay, that's fine. You, you know, you're going to upset. Okay, so they get whatever the fuck they want. Whatever. Right. Yeah, that's what you Whatever they want. Like, what the fuck have you taught them? Because the rest of their life, they're going to struggle with everything. Yeah. If people struggle with that and they get whatever they want, whenever they want, mm-hmm. they will struggle with everything. Exercise, job, relationships, mm-hmm. so many things. Like, everything. Like, I just, I can't stress enough that it's everything's habitual. Right? Nail your habits, nail the attitude, nail the beliefs. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice that that's how you help them. They, like, I believe, like, you know, awesome, go to school, get educated. But unless you, like, if you're not actually, when someone's out of school or they're at home, that's still just as important time. You know, it's not like, oh, you know, you pay for them to go to school, that's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. No. 
It's about habits. It's about learning. It's about beliefs, totally. right? It's values, morals. Totally. This is what I said to a lady I trained the other day. I was like, I want you to start thinking like an athlete. I asked her what she was having for dinner. Um, and she didn't have an answer. I'm like, okay, what are you having for breakfast tomorrow? She didn't have an answer. I'm like, you need to start thinking like an athlete. Hello. Like, this is not just you come and work out and maybe burn 400 calories on a, you know, more aerobic session with me. No, 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 no. This, your health, okay, is with you all the time, you know? And so we can't just think about training and like, it starts and ends there. No. How much water have you had today? How many steps have you done today? What did you eat for lunch? Did you have enough carbs before training? What are you eating to fuel and nourish yourself after training? What are you having for breakfast tomorrow? What time are you going to bed? Like, fuck me. It's not just, I went to the gym and I trained for an hour. No, you went to the gym and you worked your muscles for about 15 minutes and you rested for 45 because that's what you have to do. Like, when it, if you train somewhat like a bodybuilder, the more conventional style, you are resting for like, two up to three a bit of time. Yeah. yeah that's what it takes that is that's just part of it that's cool but in reality yes you went to the gym and the total amount of minutes spent exercising was probably closer to 15 or 20 minutes you were there for an hour hour 15 total so hello that's great but it's not everything like let's mm. look at it as a bigger picture let's zoom out right so ah. it can't just be Oh, I went to swimming training and I swam. Okay, cool. So now how much schoolwork do you have to do? How do we get you into bed earlier so you can rest more before training? Because you're up at 4.45 tomorrow morning. What are you having before training? Are you going on an empty stomach because you can't actually eat? Okay, what are you going to eat after training? Do you have pocket money to get something from the canteen? What are your options at the canteen? Um, do you have shampoo in your bag to wash your hair tomorrow morning? Because chlorine stinks like there's like no tomorrow. Oh my God, the smell of chlorine Bad. is so traumatic for me. Um, do you have two towels tomorrow? Because you're training twice. Like, you're so right. It's not just, I went to training and that was it. Like, conversation ends. No, it is. This is an ongoing journey which never ends. Your health is with you. Your body is with you. Your mind is with you from the first day of life until the last. Look after it. Look after as many parts of it as you can in as many ways as you can and that's not just went to the gym went home okay went to the gym went home then did you nourish yourself did you nourish yourself before you went to the gym did you turn up to the gym hydrated with carbs in you probably not okay um we can work on that but like I, let's just put some self-awareness let's just try and get a little bit more out of it we don't realize how much we can achieve when we're once we're organized like we we can once we're organized and you organize things you you put things in structure, routine, you you outline these things, you actually start to question the bigger picture. How do I holistically have a good week? Mm -hmm. Just like even super broad. Mm -hmm. How was my weekend look? How do I nail it? How do I work, train, you know, get that chlorine out of your head, study, whatever you need to do, like fuel correctly, like all these things, you know, spend time with my partner. Like most of the time, you know, all these issues that occur within relationships, work, health, is partly because we're not organized. Mm -hmm. We're not organized to succeed. Mm -hmm. And it's so important that we don't just go in here fucking winging it, right? I'm not saying you can't regulate certain days, but create structure. Mm -hmm. Be organized within your week and your day. And you'll achieve so much so with much. everything. So much. And, and it really starts with that leadership from the top. You know, parents who Absolutely. are chaotic and disorganized and reacting to everything and you know, looking at their phone the moment it pings this notification, that notification, like your child will mirror that. Your child will learn subconsciously that that Absolutely. is 
normal to be frazzled and disorganized all the time versus having structure, having a timeline, having a schedule, having commitments, having deadlines and making them priorities. Well, suddenly your child is like, oh, personal organization. Okay. It's a skill. And they build that and they build it and they build it and they build it. Those skills. And sport is a great vehicle for that because you have deadlines, you have events that you work towards, you have tournaments that you work towards, you have to have a uniform. Often you have team members, you have teammates, you might have to communicate them, you might have to get, you know, dropped off by them, by your friend, your friend might have to drop you off, you know, so it it really makes you work so much harder in so many more areas of life and it allows you to bring those skills together, you know, on the day of competition, you know, so it's, it's all mirrored, you know, if you complain about your child having any lackluster quality chances are it's no coincidence 100% and I think oh, I just I, it, oh, it all comes from that like you want they will mirror you mm-hmm. so if you want them to do something show them yeah simple simple exactly. straight up yeah exactly absolutely it, it goes a lot further to be the example than to just talk about it and yeah, speaking from my own experience saw my parents go to the gym saw them come home hot and sweaty saw them eat you know high protein foods and vegetables saw them drink water saw them make movement a priority Saw them, you know, go to the doctor and get health screenings. You know, that was just all so normal for me. So as an adult, it's not an add-in. Like, oh, this is extra I have to do. If I have time, I'll do a workout. No, fuck that. I make time. Everything else I'll make work. Because it's if it's, what, two-hour workout, okay, like 8% of my day. Not a big deal. That's it. Okay. No. And I think it teaches it teaches your kids that you can't just say something that that's all. Like, you have to show it. Like you have to walk the talk. Correct. And I think it's so important that rather than parents just, you know, abusing their kids and yelling at them and saying, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, right? But they don't do it. That becomes an issue mm. because then those kids will take that on and be like, well, I can just say, you got to do this, but I don't have to do it. Like, it doesn't matter. I can just say whatever I want. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. Whereas it's like, no, you want to be able to tell someone to do something, show them you have the quality. So walk it. And then because evidence and proof is like it's the number one thing that will allow you to tell you know to guide anyone or help anyone mm-hmm. and help yourself at the same time totally. you have you have to be the leader in that sense right like yeah. it, you can't just be the captain of the team and not turn up to training and train no. if and when you feel like it and miss sessions when it's raining and forget your water bottle and turn up with the wrong uniform so it, it's the same if you look to your your manager, your boss, your CEO, what qualities do you look for? What qualities do you need from them? What qualities do they do well in? What what qualities do they excel at? What qualities have they not yet built? What what are their, you know, stumbling blocks? Where could they do better? Your child is looking at you for exactly the same thing. You you don't realize, but you you're the CEO of like your child's life, you know. So until your child is old enough to be the CEO of their own life where you kind of pass the baton in a sense from childhood to adulthood. So if you're not a very good CEO, your child is not going to be a very good CEO. If you're not a very good CEO of your own life, and if you're not a very good CEO of your child's life, they have no fucking chance of being a good CEO of their own life. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Like, what do you expect? If the CEO of a company is is not got their shit together, is not organized, is not doing well, is, you know, kind of taking the piss, not working hard, not attending meetings, sleeping in, um, drinking their problems away, partying late. Like, is anyone going to give a shit? No one's going to turn up because that is a set standard. No, that is exactly. a standard or lack of standard that has been set. That is, you know, subconsciously, that is what we are accepting as being acceptable. So 
if if you accept that it's okay for you to not work out and okay for you to not nourish yourself and it's okay for you to not hydrate yourself, your child will accept that's just the standard. And so don't be surprised if then they do all those things or don't do all those things. Absolutely. Wow. Spot on. Nailed it. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. Key takeaway is walk the walk, walk the talk, you know, show them um, and build healthy habits. Mm. You know what I mean? Like be organized, be structured. Yes. And, and you'll succeed wherever you need to go and have that delayed gratification. You'll get success. Yeah. Being organized will allow you to fit that in within your week. Mm. And walking that talk mm. will allow everyone to respect you. And you'll realize that the relationships you have with everyone around you improve. Mm. because yeah. they value you more yeah because you you bring more value because you've built all those skills um but two you are a healthier version of yourself and so Absolutely. yeah I, I totally echo that i feel i sense another episode coming on i think we've got a lot to talk about <laughs> i know i could just i just keep going I'm like i didn't even realize i'm like i looked at the time i'm like oh wow like oh, that went very quickly it went fast right it's um it's a bit of a um a can of worms once you get started, especially when you speak to someone passionate, like Krishna could speak to you all day. My God, that guy can rant. Um, I know, I love it. It's, but it's good. We we need more passionate people because I think there are too few passionate people in the world. There are too many people living out of alignment in terms of going to work, doing a job they hate. And, no passionate hunger. And not also not working towards doing what they want to do like fair enough we've all had to have a job to pay the bills i get that but simultaneously come on like with the power of the internet it's so easy for everyone to start alongside hustle connect with people they want to be mentored by connect with people they want to shadow like there is really no excuse there's really no excuse i mean think about people 100 years ago had to go to libraries find the right book to read read it take down mental notes or handwrite notes they couldn't even type and then return the book and repeat, repeat, repeat until they built up that knowledge. Hello, we have Google. Turn on your device, open Google. You can do Google anything, it. Google. So anything. easy. There's no friction, guys. There is like zero friction. So I love finding passionate people in this industry, people who have well-versed and thought out and formed opinions who enjoy talking about, well, anything in the spectrum of health and fitness. So long as there's passion there, I, I can honestly just have conversations all day. And I, I think such a overdue episode, um, especially for the parents I train, because a lot of the women I train are parents, and I'm sure they'll derive a lot of value from this episode. So I thank you so much. And we'll have your direct links in the show notes. So people will be able to connect with you directly once the episode awesome. is published. Uh, we'll be able to share the audio with you as well. So you'll get a copy. Everyone will be able to connect with you directly. And I would love to do this again. So if you have any other ideas, I can reach out to my audience too. Then let me know and we'll we'll record again. Any questions? I'm, I love that. That was so much fun. So enjoyable. I just, I just, like you said, you love talking to passionate people. So do I. Mm. I think when you immerse yourself, when you... When you've done the work, when you put hard work in every day, you're, you're organized, you, you feel it, you breathe it, you, you love it. There's something that sparks in you every time I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I don't, I don't get up before the sun rises for no fucking reason. Like, I, I think when you find someone that does something similar, even if it's for a completely different career or anything, mm. I love that. And I think that's awesome. So I think us sharing that, I hope more people can kind of feel that too. Mm. Because everyone should live their life like that with some some aspect everyone totally everyone should 
be in a position where if they're not living their purpose, they're aligning their life to the point and position where they can live their purpose. And Absolutely. it's just too short not to. Again, you could have carpet problems right now. You could have like six chairs, two, three tables, a vase, and two coffee cups sitting on you. Dust on you. Oh, ew. Like, don't get me started. And dirt. You could have carpet. You could have lady beetle problems. You could have television problems. You could have banana problems. I'm about to eat a <laughs> banana, so that banana's in trouble. You know, and you don't. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, so, yeah, I think if the chances of being born a human are 400 trillion to one, depending on your source and reference point, um, maybe show some gratitude for that. 100%. Big grateful. I'm so I'm so grateful for this episode, and it will be most likely published in about two weeks or so. But we'll keep you posted. And yeah, let's do this again sometime. This has been fun. Thank you so much, though. I love it. Can't wait to do it again. My pleasure. Say hi to Christian for me. Um, I will. And he's going to be on soon as well. I think so. Good. Get him on. His fry is unbelievable. My God. Get more of that. So intense. I feel like I've had a coffee after speaking to him. I understand. It's just bang, bang. You, you just get slapped in the face repeatedly. <laughs> I, I, I have to like sit back from my laptop. I'm like, whoa, okay, like hold on. <laughs> yeah, no, you just get in thrown it, then take a second, absorb it, then keep going. I always need to like press pause. I'm like, okay, just like and breathe and okay, next bit. <laughs> and then go again. Exactly. Absolutely. The guy could That's talk. That's great. I love it. I love it. Oh, well, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll send you a copy once it's pieced together. Done. Thank you so much, Laura. Keep you on it, okay? Pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. All right, done. See you. Bye. 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 Guys, that's it. That's a wrap. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Real Talk with your gal pal. That's me, Laura Rogers. Please be sure to leave us a review. Give us your feedback on what else you would like me to talk about. I always want to deliver content on things that excite you and that are going to benefit you in your health and fitness journey. So do give us a review. Before you forget, I know you're busy. i got to run off and record another episode. Do check us out on the other social media platforms listed below as well because you might just like what you see or hear there. So, you know, be sure to do that. I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And again, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Stay healthy and I'll see you in the next one.